BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome on in. It's another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Welcome inside the MRN studios here in Concord, North Carolina. I'm MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner. MRN announcer Kyle Ricky out in Connecticut where things are in the final stages. Kyle, you were coming up on just over a week from the uh, spring sizzler out there at Stafford. Uh, one of the coolest races, the biggest races of the year up in New England. How excited is your team? I know we talked to Bonza earlier in the week uh, away from the broadcast, and you, you've you been working him like a dog, man. Are you guys excited? You guys getting close? Yeah, for, all, for those that don't know, Bonza Tufa is our digital editor, content creator, uh, kind of a mastermind of a lot of the, the stuff you see on social media. And yeah, we're getting close. Um, <clears throat> it's also allergy season up here in Connecticut. So uh, yeah. we have that to deal with. <clears throat> but um, the track looks good. All the projects that uh, have been ongoing over the last couple of months are, are wrapping up. Uh, the, the new grandstands that have been erected off of turn number four now have hand railings and fencing around it, which is great. Um, we've had a lot of drivers coming in for their preseason media um, you know, headshots and, and some fun questions for the big screen that we'll put together uh, during the course of the season. So it's, uh, as, as Bonza said the other day, it, it's getting real. And it uh, looks like Mother Nature is going to cooperate this weekend for the open practice session on Saturday, which you can watch live on Facebook, I believe, or at least some of it live on Facebook. And uh, that all leads us up to the, the Spring Sizzler next week. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk about it more next week leading into race weekend. And I'm glad you guys got those hand railings and fencing around the grandstands because, you know, when the those folks head on over to the double hook bar, you know, for one too many, they may need something to hang on when they get back to their seats. So good on you guys for taking care, <laughs> taking care of the race fans. Uh, we got a great show for the folks at home coming up here this week. Arca gets back onto the big track, Talladega, 61st time. The Arca Menard series hits the high banks. Out there at Talladega, we'll have an ARCA preview with one of the ARCA Menard Series drivers taking part in the race this weekend. Gus Dean will be chatting with him, one of the Venturini Motorsports drivers this weekend. We'll talk to him about everything ARCA at Talladega, plus his season and maybe what's to come for that driver. We also have plenty of racing to talk about this weekend. We had action at Hickory, uh, Berlin, Jeff Striegel's racetrack off and running as well up in Michigan, one of the premier racetracks across North America. So we'll talk about that. And, uh, hey, we got a big opening weekend for the Madhouse at Bowman Gray, kicking off another year of action-packed action in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We'll have a look at that, plus much, much more in the world of grassroots racing. But, Kyle, let's kick things off with stuff that happened over the weekend that caught your eye. The biggest thing on my radar was Berlin's icebreaker finally getting underway, opening up the 2023 season with a driver who's Already been crowned a track champion there, and Evan Shotko taking home the super, super late model win. Yeah, a great field of cars, a great crowd. Evan Shotko, uh, class of the field for, for most of that event. 
kudos to general manager Jeff Striegel, who is also our uh, co-anchor on the NASCAR Cup Series broadcast here on the Motor Racing Network. Um, has done a spectacular job with that facility. I believe it was five bucks to get in if you bought your tickets online, and 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 people responded. You know, the, the stands were full. Uh, the pits were full. The program moved along. From what I saw of their race program, they were went from qualifying to to and through, I think, four or five features within 90 minutes. So good for them. The super late models, of course, were last. And, and even that event was done well before sundown. So it looked like a very successful opening day for, uh, for a track that has a lot of big events on the schedule. So I know it's always hard for a lot of these facilities that have been, for the most part, cooped up for the better part of six months uh, to kind of knock the rust off uh, on their first event of the season. But uh, Berlin did a great job, and it looked like a very successful uh, opening day leading into College Day this Saturday night. I wonder if my college ID will still work. You know, it doesn't have a date on it. I still feel like I look pretty young, but I don't know. I'll ask Jeff about it, see if it'll pass. But no, kudos to Jeff for sure. Everyone at Berlin Raceway, uh, I need to get out there for sure at some point this year. But they, you know, it was an icebreaker event, but that held true because it literally snowed a couple weeks ago, uh, covering the racetrack right after practice for opening weekend. So uh, glad that they had great weather to kick it off. And of course, Jeff knows how to throw a party. So uh, not only was the action on the track great, but of course, they had all kinds of stuff for race fans to do outside the racetrack. And, of course, surrounding the uh, on-track action. Tim DeVosto was going for a record 104th win in the limited late model uh, before getting kind of roughed up a little bit. Uh, unfortunately for him, it looked like it was Scott Root and him got together, uh, caused a little drama. There were some interviews. If you were watching on Flow Racing, they were pretty good. So uh, kicking off with a bang for sure out at Berlin. All right, let's move on to Hickory Motor Speedway. Kyle, they're going to be busy. They just were with the Smart Mods this weekend. They've got, of course, the big Cars Tour race coming up this weekend, but defending series champion Caleb Hetty uh, finally got his first win in 2023. Hadn't been quite the start I know he's wanted, but a good field of cars at uh, one of the oldest weekly tracks on the schedule. The 29 uh, Southern Modified showed up for the Smart Tour over the weekend, and, and that's the type of field and the numbers that we have been seeing for the most part this season in the first five events. Uh, great fields of cars and a division that a few years ago was struggling to get 20. So a uh, modified resurgence down there. And, you know, good to see Tommy Baldwin racing back in victory lane uh, with Caleb behind the wheel, holding off uh, Carson Lofton, second generation driver who continues to put good performances together early in the season. Burt Myers, Jonathan Brown, Ryan Newman in the top five. So not only is it quantity, but it is also quality on the Southern Modified Tour. And I think the 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 opportunity for fans across the country to now watch these races on Flow Racing each and every week is certainly uh, a part of that and that growth that we have seen over the last year. So tight championship battle going into the break. Um, Burt Myers over Brandon Ward just separated by two points. So uh, the Stars are once again going to be running for a smart modified championship. Yeah, and some names in there like Burt Myers also going to be competing at Bowman Gray when they open up again going for a championship. So uh, the season kicking off in a big way uh, coming up for Bowman Gray, but of course a lot of those drivers already well underway with the Smart Modified Tour. Final big event over the weekend. How about a little combo event? The Pro All-Star Series, Pass Series, and the American Canadian Tour out at the Magic Mile up in your neck of the woods, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Always special when we get late models and super late models up there at the Magic Mile. Proved to be a great weekend of racing with uh, a guy who's won there a couple times, or, or at least a few, Eddie McDonald picking up the big pass win, Kyle, and then uh, a good ACT race too as well, so a good doubleheader up there. 
Yeah, um, triple header because the modifieds were in, yeah. in on the on the card as well. I think it was a street stock race. So there were several events for fans to partake in last Saturday. But the headline was the Pro All-Star Series, as you mentioned, a, a great field of cars, I believe over 30. No surprise, Eddie McDonald has been racing in this part of the country uh, for, for decades now was a part of the old Bush North series uh, when, when that series was big up here in new England and, and did well back then fast forward now, what two or three decades later, almost. And, and he is still finding su success at a track in which he grew up on. I mean, the Bush North cars raced on New Hampshire motor speedway for four times a year for the better part of two decades. So good for him. Max Cookson finished second, Johnny Clark, another pass, uh, regular uh, has been participating in in the Pro All Star Series since its debut, I think, back in 2001. Trevor Sanborn, who won at Thompson a couple of weeks ago, finished in the fourth spot. Justin Larson rounded out the top five. So great car counts. 27 took the green flag. Derek Luchaki won the ACT race. John McKennedy holding off Anthony Bello in a photo finish in the Open Modified race. So uh, a great short track weekend at New England's. Uh, I guess Premier Speedway, the biggest track that we have uh, in this region of the country, the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and all the all the short trackers supported it. Yeah, and good to see John McKennedy, McKennedy get a modified win. Obviously, we've documented his championship run last year on the yep. national tour and hasn't quite had the success out of the gate this year on that side of things. So maybe picking up a, an open modified win uh, will kind of spark some things when we get back to the national tour. All right. Well, a lot of, a lot of things happened over the weekend, of course, and, and a lot of local racing like out at Langley and Meridian and, and a lot of our local tracks, NASCAR roots tracks, but uh, we're going to switch gears and begin to talk Arkham Menard series as they get back underway. Talladega super speedway, a part of NASCAR weekend coming up this weekend. We're going to have the driver, the Venturini Motorsports entry, Gus Dean. He's on the line. We're going to chat about his efforts at Talladega and much, much more coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering on MRN. As promised, joining us via Zoom, Gus Dean, Venturini Motorsports driver, getting ready to tackle the high banks of Talladega coming up this weekend. Gus, appreciate you joining us. It's a tall task when we go from some of our short tracks, and of course we already ran uh, the Arkham Menard Series at Daytona, but how excited are you to get out to Talladega? Of course, a track you've won at in 2016 with the Arca Series, but it's been a while, so what's where's the confidence level going into this weekend? Uh, very high. You know, um, the car that we had at Daytona, unfortunately, we had a mechanical failure, but the car itself was extremely fast. Um, it was very easy to manage in the air. And I think we had a really great shot at the victory uh, in Daytona. We just had some mechanical failures, unfortunately, but we were able to end that race with no damage to the car whatsoever. So we had the exact same car going into Talladega. Um, so we know what it's going to do. We know how it's going to behave. I tend to prefer the super speedway racing at Talladega over Daytona a little anyway. Obviously, Daytona having its 
prestige um, is, is always going to be one of the greatest victories in motorsports. Um, but Talladega, as far as the racing is concerned, I feel is a little bit more calm. Uh, everybody, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that, you know, they look forward to Daytona all year. Sometimes that's maybe the only race that they run. Uh, they really don't have a lot to lose. On top of that, the entire field is also starting fresh with the points. Um, so nobody really has to concern themselves with with where they're going to end up in the points um, at Daytona as much as they would now a little bit more into the season as we go into Talladega. Um, so I think that'll keep everybody a little bit more calm. And then the racing surface itself is uh, is a little bit smoother. The racing lanes are a little bit wider. Um, and again, with the with the strong car that we had at Daytona, I feel like uh, with my, my teammates and I all have a very good shot to win uh, Talladega coming up. You mentioned the teammates. There will be four of you out there, and, and traditionally, that's what it takes to win these races. Um, how key will that be on Saturday with? teaming up and hooking up with your Venturini teammates and Jesse Love and Tony Breidinger and Amber Balkin? You know, I, I think it's going to be, um, I think that's going to be probably the most valuable asset that we have. Um, Venturini has uh, some of the strongest cars in the field for sure. Uh, but where their power truly lies is in our ability to work together as a team, um, especially a team with that strong of a number going in with four cars not only does that give us four cars to work with off the bat that we know we can trust, ride with, work with the entire race um, and, and not have to worry about, you know, betrayed is a strong word, but when you're super speedway racing, that's sometimes how it feels. Um, so we already start off with those four cars. And then to add on to that, uh, when you already have four cars that are working together, all four happen to be very strong cars at super speedways now you have other teams and a lot of single car teams who need people to work with you're going to try to work with the biggest strongest team so that gives us a little bit of an advantage over the rest of the field as far as number one we have the four cars that we're bringing in-house as well as the people who are going to try to work with us because we already have that strength Talladega, I know, and you already kind of described the differences between it, how it races versus Daytona. But I know, like at least last year, you know, we were buttoning up against a, a time restraint, right? Like we, it's a jam-packed Saturday. You have Cup qualifying, and you've got the Xfinity race to follow. Where do you like to run during the race at Talladega, putting yourself in position when you're kind of up against that challenge? If we start having caution after caution, are you somebody that likes to buy their time toward the back and then make your way up front, or do you feel like you have to attack? Talladega from the get-go you know I think that's um that's the to be or not to be question of of super speedway racing right is uh is do I try to surge my way up front and stay in clean air or do I get away from the pack and hopefully avoid the big one um in my opinion I think that has a lot to do with where you start the race uh being that we're going to be starting off of owner's points I think that puts us seventh uh going into Talladega being that far ahead already, um, you know, I really feel like trying to stay out front and in clean air is going to be our best bet. Um, if something were to happen and we were to go towards the tail end of the field early in the race, then I might have to look at maybe pulling back and trying to work our way through. Everybody's always going to be a lot more antsy towards the beginning of the race. Um, and as we've seen time and time again, it's super speedway racing you can go from the front to the back and half a lap and you can go from the back to the front and half a lap. 
Um, so honestly, I think the key really is to just not get freaked out to remain, you know, keep your calm. And if something were to happen and go to the back, then you have plenty of time to regroup from the back, get another game plan going and move forward from there. Um, but if you don't have to be put in that position, in my opinion, it's always best to be ahead of the mess. You won this race in 2016, so you've been around a while. You've been a part of a lot of super speedway racing in the Arkham Menard series, along with some of the NASCAR national divisions as well. But specifically, ARCA, has super speedway racing changed in the last, say, seven, eight years? I feel like in Daytona, I noticed you don't have that big 20, 30 group pack like we once did. It can it can thin out fairly quickly where you have several packs of say five or six cars. And, and that's why I think we saw some more green flag racing in Daytona. Have you seen that change on the racetrack? And why do you think that is if you have? I definitely have. And to be honest, I feel like the, the main factor in that equation is the body work. Um, you know, when I won in 2016, we were still running the steel bodies. Um, and the differences in the steel bodies and the composite bodies of super speedway racing, honestly, are like two separate race cars entirely. Um, they race different, they feel different, they drive different. Um, you know, when, when you're dealing with that much aerodynamic factor, um, the shape and, and, you know, overall streamline of the body has an enormous effect on the entire situation that you're in. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think with the steel bodies, you saw that bigger group, number one, because they were much more aerodynamic as far as super speedway racing goes than the composite cars. The composite cars are much closer mimicking the actual street cars that we see on the road every day, um, which are built, you know, with a downforce in mind to help them through the corners and stuff like that. Where super speedway cars really do not take downforce into account at all. Actually, we try to get rid of as much downforce as we can because we're trying to lighten the cars up. Um, you know, I feel like the, the steel bodies being as streamlined as they were, you could move around, you could make a mistake here and there, and you wouldn't be punished nearly as bad because the air didn't have as strong of an effect on the car. Also, you could use the air in different ways. I feel um, if you go back the 2016 race that I won, we were able to side draft a lot. Side drafting was a huge factor in that race. Um, and actually, at one time when I was uh, on the outside front row, we lost our help from the back and we were able to maintain that side draft for that half a lap to a lap until we got some help back. Contrary in the composite cars, they are so much more aerodynamically dependent on the cars in front of you that it, you really struggle to do that same thing you're the side drafting you do side draft but you're not going to maintain ground so much on the side draft as you will maybe punish the guy beside you by grabbing onto his right rear quarter panel let's say right um also they are much less stable in the air in the dirty air than the steel body cars were the steel body cars when you will get in a big draft pack 10 11 12 cars you were just as stable in third as you were in 10. The composite cars, the more the guys ahead of you move around, the more it's going to knock you around. And the further back you go in the field, sometimes the less experience you have. And if you don't have experience with those cars being pushed around at 200 miles an hour, you know, five and six feet in either direction, um, it can definitely be, you know, troublesome. And, and you really have to know how to counter that 
Um, so I feel like the the composite cars offer a maybe a little bit more difficult challenge, but for certain a different challenge than the steel body cars would. And I think that's where you really see that change in the style of racing that we have at the super speedways. I'll tell you what, I had no idea that there was that big of a difference between those two style of cars. So thank you so much for breaking all that down. That makes a lot more sense. I think for me and Kyle and the folks at home, uh, let's go back to 2019. You get the call to the truck series, young motorsports, 15th in points. You get all that NASCAR national experience. Uh, and then unfortunately, you know, you lose your ride. What did you learn though from that experience now back in the Arkham Menard series? And of course, accomplished late model racer that you took from that truck series experience. Um, you know, the trucks themselves are, they're very similar to normal cars at the short tracks. Um, but at the intermediate tracks and especially at the super speedways, they take what we were just talking about with the steel bodies and the composite bodies to a whole nother extreme because you have that really tall front windshield, you have that really flat front bumper. Um, and then you have that really flat deck lid all the way out the back they are very, very, very aerodynamic dependent, so much so that, um, you know, when you're out there by yourself, actually it was pretty, uh, it was a really crazy feeling for me as a driver, having never felt it, um, being out there at the super speedway by myself in a truck, feeling very similar to the composite body cars because you're wide open and you're holding the wheel primarily pretty straight. Um, and then when the group passed me and I tucked in behind the group, the instant surge of energy that those trucks got once they were out of the air was unlike every anything I've seen in any other type of car. Um, there's not a ton that correlates between the trucks and the ARCA cars, in my opinion, as far as the aerodynamics go, just because of how exaggerated the trucks are. But if anything, I can say that I did learn a little bit more about the minute effects of the aerodynamics in the trucks because it's so much more dependent. Everything is so hyper exaggerated in the trucks as far as aerodynamics are concerned that you really start to understand why the cars do what they do um, in, you know, the lower in the different style as far as like the, you know, the actual car goes in Arca. Um, you might not be able to feel those tiny minute differences because they're much less drastic in a car versus the truck. Gus, my final question for you, and we're talking about the truck series, you ran full-time a couple of years ago. Is is the ultimate goal still maybe to get back to one of NASCAR's national series, particularly the trucks where you have experience in? Absolutely. You know, um, I uh, racing is my love. I'm 28 years old, and uh, I've been racing for 24 of those years. So I really don't know uh, any different. Um, you know, COVID was a hard time for all of us and, you know, we all had to fight through it. And unfortunately, um, you know, businesses suffered quite a bit throughout COVID and, and, and honestly their business strategies changed so much because that was something unprecedented that we've never run into before. Um, that at the time made it a lot harder to sell sponsorship. And, you know, that's the name of the game in race cars now is is the sponsorship and having the money behind you to get you there, put you in decent equipment to, to you know, to have a shot at success. Um, but yes, absolutely. You know, if, if we could find the funding and find the sponsorship, um, we would love to get back into the the national series. And I, I think I have a, a little bit left to offer and um, a little bit left in the tank. So uh, never know where I'll pop up. <laughs>
Gus, before I let you go, got to ask you about the rest of your schedule this year. Obviously, Talladega this weekend with Venturini. Uh, I know you have limited starts with them. What's the plan for the rest of the year? Are you getting back in any late model races or kind of what does 2023 look like? Uh, yes, sir. We, uh, I love racing my super late model and my pro late model. Um, we are looking into some late model stocks possibly, but uh, we're definitely going to run the late model some more. Um, that's kind of a tentative schedule right now. We really haven't buckled down anything major. That's kind of like a as-we-go basis. Whenever we can get to the track, we do get to the track. Um, but we will be racing the uh, the mega truck a few more times this year, which, um, for those that don't know, is like a uh, a racing version of monster trucks. They're about 2,500 horsepower. Um, we run on 60-inch V-tread tractor tires, and we jump them about 15, 20 feet, and they're a lot of fun. Um, my dad and I started doing that uh, in the past couple of years, so we're uh, we're looking to to get into that a little bit more and probably run some more tracks in that as well. That's awesome. So not only can you drive in circles, you can start jumping people and jumping cars and, and, and whoops and things like that. That is so cool. That is so cool. Hey, thanks for so much for coming on the show today. Best of luck to you in Talladega. Looking forward to I'll be down there. So can't wait to watch you out there uh, rolling around the high banks of Talladega. And of course, best of luck on, on the rest of the season and, and much success to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for having me on. It's been a blast. Venturini Motorsports driver Gus Dean going to take on the high banks of Talladega this weekend. The driver out of Bluffton, South Carolina. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. All right, we still have plenty more coming up on NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. We're going to take a look at some of the races ahead, including we dive deep into Bowman Gray's season opener. That's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. back into NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. Just wrapped up our conversation with Gustine Kyle. A lot of intricacies that I had no idea about between steel body cars and composite body and the differences in trucks and ARCA. Uh, Gustine's got a lot going for him. I think, uh, you know, and like you said, he was good at Daytona, just some mechanical gremlins, maybe a factor in a Venturini car coming up here this weekend at Talladega. And I think the key is how will Jesse Love do? Um, obviously, he is strong on some of the, the super speedway races and some of the bigger tracks that we have seen Arca on the last couple of years. Amber Balkin, I believe, led laps in Daytona earlier this year. She's getting more and more comfortable in the draft, as is Tony Breidinger, who I believe has a couple of top 10 finishes on these super speedway races over the last two seasons. So if those four can hook up, and not make incidental contact and take each other out, I think they're going to be strong. They're, you know, he, he hit on how fast the cars are, uh, the maturity level of the drivers, um, the experience level now, a couple of years in for all of them. He's obviously the most veteran of them. So uh, going to be interesting to see how they do and, and how he does come Saturday afternoon in a race that can be heard right here on the Motor Racing Network. Yeah, let's dive into it real quick. 61st time we've had Arca Talladega. It's the General Tire 200 Saturday at 1230 Eastern, as Kyle mentioned here on MRN. Greg Van Alster, point leader again, one Daytona, been pretty consistent. 
but then you've got Frankie Muniz, second in points for the actor-turned-race car driver. He nearly got a top 10 at Daytona, and he finished inside the top 10 at Phoenix. I mean, are you surprised of how good the season started for Frankie, or, or not really? No, driving for a team like Rhett Jones Racing, uh, not surprised at all. Uh, you know, he... He's all in. Uh, I saw him in the garage at the race's second uh, or the season's second race of the year at the Phoenix Raceway. And, you know, everybody's trying to get close and take pictures of, you know, Malcolm from Malcolm in the yeah. middle. And he is literally under the car working on the race car. So he is all in, has been for several months now, even before the season began at preseason testing in Daytona. So it doesn't surprise me that all of that hard work and, and dedication to uh, this full time effort for him is, is paying off. And I think, you know, we'll be talking a lot about him, at least for the rest of this season. And, and who knows, maybe maybe this sparks that next step for him in NASCAR's National Series. If he's really, uh, really serious about making a career out of being a driver. Absolutely. And he'll be a factor for sure. Come up on coming up on Saturday afternoon. Some other notes to uh, get into with Talladega. Taylor Gray making his super speedway debut in a Joe Gibbs racing entry. So Taylor Gray, not only, obviously, we know what he did in the ARCA series last year on the east side as well as some of the national races, but back uh, for the first time this year in a JGR-prepared race car, he could be a factor as well. And then uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour superstar Patrick Emerling is making his ARCA debut as well. So some names in the mix here, Kyle. And then obviously, we also want to mention Scott Melton, who was injured in a crash at this race last year is back in the race car. So we'll see how Scott fares again this week. But lots to keep an eye on here this weekend. I also want to mention Brett Holmes. Um, yeah. Very quietly consistent every time he is in a race car, I feel like. Second last year in this race at Talladega. Third in 2020. Uh, so his you know small family team that won the championship a few years ago remains competitive. Also, Andy Jankowiak, the modified ace that has really uh, taken to these super speedway races for the Arkham Menard series over the last three years. Uh, six top tens in his ARCA career. Uh, half of them are at, are at either Daytona and Talladega. So uh, just a, a lot of names, a lot of great stories, like always in the Arkham Menard series. I believe there's, what, 30 plus drivers entered, 35 cars are entered for, for Saturday's race. So uh, going to be a fun way to kick off a busy race weekend at Talladega. Absolutely. Again, 1230 Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. You can check out coverage of the General Tire 200. Uh, quick news bulletin I thought was cool before we get to some of the races this weekend. How about Tommy Baldwin? Uh, picked up the win as a car owner with Caleb Hetty in the Smart Tour. He was a the owner's champion of the Modified Tour in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour last year. Now back in the NASCAR ranks as competition director for Rick Ware Racing. Again, remember, he was a part of Tommy Baldwin Racing, of course, as a crew chief uh, up until 2020 when that program went away. Then he focused on the modified tour, and now he's back in NASCAR. Kyle couldn't keep him away for that long. Great opportunity uh, for Tommy uh, to get back into uh, the top level of the sport, maybe help a, a smaller organization grow, like much like what he was doing a decade ago with his Tommy Baldwin uh, racing team, that single car organization that uh, he grew in the NASCAR Cup Series. There are some folks up here in the Northeast that are wondering, okay, now he's going to be, he is now back within a Cup team. How does that affect his, his modified program? Will we see him? as much up here in some of the open modified races and in victory lane at places like Thompson and Stafford and Seekonk, like we have seen over the last, you know, 
three or four years whenever he uh, he kind of jumped headfirst into modified racing or back into modified racing. So so we'll see how it affects what happens in this region of the country when he uh, jumps back in full time in the cup level. Congratulations, Tommy. Good to see you back in NASCAR. All right, some of the big races coming up this weekend. We teased it at the top of the show, Kyle. Bowman Gray, the Madhouse, kicking off yet another season, a second consecutive year. They've had a repave because we know what happened last year with everybody complaining about that. Uh, with the Hayes Jewelers 200 coming up on Saturday, uh, you can watch that race on Flow. What do we think? We've got Tim Brown going for another record with 12 championships. You've got Burt Myers trying to get a rebound. And anything can happen when you talk about Bowman Gray each and every year. Yeah, uh, I think Tim Brown is obviously uh, the favorite uh, right now coming off his 12th championship. That is a track record in the track's 75th uh, anniversary season or coming into the, the track's 75th season. So uh, Burt Myers obviously is always good in the extra distance races to kick off the year. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, there's also some outsiders in the last decade or so that, that come in and make a one or two off deal over the course of the season at Bowman Gray that find success in these 200 lap or 150 lap races like we'll see later in the year. So maybe one of those drivers will get to victory lane. They're expecting about 30 cars around that tight quarter mile. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch on Saturday night. Uh, Eight o'clock, I believe, is when the, the first green flag will wave. Matt Dillner, once again, will will lead the broadcast crew on Flow Racing. That's right. So we'll see what happens here with race number one of the season for Bowman Gray. Uh, speaking of good car counts, how about the Cars Tour? Uh, late model stocks, pro late models headed to Hickory. Again, that, that place has been ultra busy since they opened their doors uh, last month. 41 late model stocks. They're going to have a last chance race because they can't get everybody into the feature. And 29 pro late models. The stars are out for this one. I mean, you name it. Lane Riggs, our national champion from last year, is in it. William Sawalich, Carson Quapel, last year's Cars Tour champion. Connor Hall, Chad McCombie, the defending winner of the Tough Shed 250, plus many more involved on the late model stock side. And then, of course, you've got Katie Hedinger. Caden Quapple, Brent Cruz, Gavin Bochel, a couple open wheel dirt guys getting back in the late model uh, ranks, and then Isabella Robusto with Toyota and much more. So Kyle, Hickory is going to be the place to be. Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think is planning on being there. Of course, one of the new uh, co-owners of that series. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a huge race out there at Hickory this weekend. I feel like the theme of this show is short track racing, especially on asphalt, is is alive and well. We talked about it yeah. at the top of the show with the events at New Hampshire and, and at Berlin and, and the Smart Modified Tour. Now the, the Talladega Super Speedway with a great car count for ARCA. Bowman Gray is going to have a great night. And now uh, what seemingly is a record car count for the Cars Tour. I'm not sure if 41 late models is a record, but if it's not, it's pretty darn close. 29 pro late models. So Two guaranteed full fields. Going to be a great night of uh, short track racing at Hickory Motor Speedway, like you mentioned. Uh, kind of a, a cornerstone stop for the Cars Tour since its inception. Uh, they run there multiple times a season. The crowds come out and going to be a, a great doubleheader. Um, can't wait to see you know, some of short track racing's best there in the southeast go at it at, at, a, at a great facility like Hickory. Absolutely. And again, it's all leading up to that big race out at North Wilkesboro, part of All-Star Weekend, where we'll have Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick in the field. So uh, exciting things to come for the Cars Tour. A couple other races to keep note of. The Road to the Oxford 250 begins this weekend at Oxford Plains with the Championship Series and the Pass Series out at Oxford Plains. 
You've got weekly racing again at Berlin, South Boston, Meridian, much more. And then I'd be uh, remiss not to add in there Arca West back in action, a late night for those of you uh, with a busy Saturday already between NASCAR action at Talladega, Arca Menard Series, uh, at Curtin County this weekend uh, back in action as well as, as Tyler Reif continues to hold that series lead. It's Sean Hingarini, uh, who won at Irwindale, is in the field as well, back trying to uh, chase Tyler in the standings. Landon Lewis, the defending winner of that one as well. So, Kyle, if you can't get your fix of short track racing this weekend, I don't know what to tell you. Just turn on Flow Racing about noon on Saturday, I feel like, and keep it on through about 2 a.m. because that's when that Arctic Menards West race will probably be wrapping up at Kern County Raceway Park. So uh, a lot of options, and that's not including all the dirt stuff that's happening as well. I know USAC has some big events this weekend uh, with midgets and the sprint cars. So um, it's that time of the year where there's so much excitement in the air. Everybody's been cooped up all winter, and finally Mother Nature is cooperating. And uh, these racetracks across the country and the sanctioning bodies across the country are, are opening up shop for the first or second times. And uh, the busy spring season is, is underway. Yeah, almost too much to cover, but we try to do it all here on NASCAR Coast to Coast here each and every week. Well, Kyle, coming up this weekend, of course, MRN's coverage at Talladega begins Saturday morning. So have some coffee and race cars with us over the air. We'll be live at 1030 a.m. Eastern time for NASCAR Cup Series qualifying show, followed by that Arkham Menard Series General Tire 200 at 12.30 Eastern on MRN. And then we wrap up the afternoon into the uh, late afternoon, the 3.30 p.m. Eastern call time for the Ag Pro 300 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series as they take on Talladega. That's all on Saturday. And then we get to Sunday, NASCAR Live Race Day on the Motor Racing Network at 2 p.m. Eastern, leading into the Geico 500 for the cup series. Kyle can't wait to cover all that, but boy, next week it's all about Stafford and the lead up to the spring sizzle. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, 45 teams, I believe have now entered for, for the 51st Napa spring sizzler weekend. So it's going to be fun. We'll see how many uh, are at the racetrack this week for open practice. Uh, we've been visiting shops this week. Uh, a lot of those videos will be out here in the next few days and, and getting a team and driver's perspective on how to attack the uh, the 100 lap race next Sunday at Stafford Motor Speedway and just trying to get into it as a process all in its own. So it's going to be fun. Awesome. Sounds good. Looking forward to diving into that next week. Of course, we'd like to thank Gus Dean for joining us on the show and appreciate you folks for tuning in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. For Kyle Rickey and our producer, Pat Jaggers, I'm Chris Wilner. We'll see you next week. Lots more to come on NASCAR Coast to Coast. See you then.